The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and my co-host, Keith Compagna, is back with us after a week away. Uh, our sponsors are Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. Our guest this week is Hugh Gallagher from the Gallagher Group. Uh, we're anxious to talk with, uh, with Hugh about the, uh, what's going on in recruitment these days. Uh, you and I met uh, last year about this time at a business event, and we've just met up again uh, for a few breakfast lunches about some collaborating, so excited to to share all that. Uh, during the conversation, um, Hugh was, was talking about a couple of experiences he had working with some organizations lately, and uh, so we're going to get his uh, his insights into those, of, uh, and hopefully it'll help a uh, few of our listeners. Just a reminder, too, we are live. Got a question about the future of work, recruitment, hiring, or just want to share a few comments? Call us at 561-623-9429. But first, I want to welcome Keith back. Uh, you were out in sunny, I think, sunny California. I don't know how much you, you saw in California last week. <laughs> it was the furthest from sunny. There were two minor earthquakes, because apparently when you have a lot of earthquakes, you can have major and minor ones. I yeah. don't have earthquakes, so I thought it was entertaining. And it was like a crazy rain windstorm. But the good news is, is that uh, I was indoors most of the time, and it was a fantastic time to be out there. Uh, I got to hang out with the job fighters. There is a fantastic amount, as everybody on this call and those listening out there in the audience knows there's so much momentum going on in the, the talent acquisition industry. And just to candidly, uh, our sponsors, Jobvite, do a fantastic job. I believe they're doing a fantastic job of really seizing the opportunity. And I could say with absolute certainty, there's a lot of cool stuff that is going to start coming out from Silicon Valley pretty soon. And, and I, I know I know a lot of it's uh, under the uh, kind of under the radar or, or still confidential. Any any uh, kind of trends or anything you can you can share? Well, well you know, really, it, it boils down to the idea that we have, you know, our concept and our belief is that, you know, if you really want to gain the attention of the the qualified candidates, you need to start treating them like uh, sales would treat potential new clients, and that is include some sort of a, a recruitment marketing or branding to that, and then have all that technology be ultra user friendly on the candidate side, the um, the recruiter side, the hiring manager side, and 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 everybody involved and and what's really cool to me is that I spent time working for Concur Technologies at the time they were acquired by SAP and their concept and what they were able to do with this platform concept versus just making it about expenses if you know anything about Concur Technologies not only were they acquired by SAP a few years ago for over uh, 8 billion dollars they um 
concur connected business travel with business expense. And then they dis- they basically made the technology easy for all the users, made everything visible for everyone involved. And I see these parallels, and I'm super excited to be there. So I'm glad to be back on the podcast, though. I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah, you missed a good one last week. You'll have to go up and uh, listen to uh, Courtney, uh, Courtney uh, Kirschbaum, who we talked about job hunt skills or uh, the job hunt school. Uh, yep. So we're there. So a couple other things. Uh, speaking of Courtney, uh, she posted. She had a really neat post on uh, LinkedIn this morning, and there was a graphic showing where the the cities with the largest uh, job uh, skill shortages, where, yep. where they had the most job openings. And it was interesting because I I pulled up. I just did a quick search after I saw where those cities were because I recognized you know a couple of them. Obviously, L.A., San Francisco, Boston, a lot of the tech centers, and uh, they're also among you know the the twenty top places to get jobs are also the twenty highest living wages. Sure, the most expensive cities. So. Uh, you know, big correlation there. So it was like before everybody packs up their U-Haul and and decides to drive off to these uh, to these places, and they're great places to live. You know, Denver, Chicago, um, but the, uh, the the cost of living there is is uh, is pretty high. The other thing uh, I, I caught this this morning. I didn't get to listen to the whole whole uh, video, but they were talking about uh, Davos. You know, the World Economic Forum is this week. And uh, the IBM CEO, who's uh, Ginny Rometty, uh, the, the headline caught my eye, was 100%. She, her belief is that we're just at the tip of the iceberg of a skills crisis. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking a little bit about that with uh, Hugh. Uh, but her, her statement was 100% of jobs will change. You know, and and maybe that's a silly statement, but uh, you and I have talked about that. Of you know, people are fearful that jobs are uh, going to be extinct, and that's probably not going to be the case. But uh, you know, my RS the estimates that I followed, and you heard me say this before, was sixty five percent of jobs will likely be automated, at least partially. Um, she's talking, you know, she's talking about a hundred percent. So, well, it makes sense to me. I mean, all things considered. Um... I think everything is changing, and I think that when you say something like 100% of the jobs that we have today will change, I think that's sellable. I think it's marketable because, you know, newsflash, if you compared the way people do their jobs now to the way they did jobs 10 years ago, everything's changed. And I think that has to do with recruitment. I mean, sorry, technology. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the real interesting part is how automation compensates for the gap of skilled workers. Right, because really technology is coming in and doing more on the manufacturing side, on the warehousing side maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's that, you know, for lack of better terms, white-collar positions or office positions, technology isn't going to be able to maintain the human element of the business world. So to me, that's the exciting part. What's, what's it going to shake out to be like once everyone realizes there just are more jobs than humans? Yeah. Well, and I and I think it's also that, um, you know, you people who are are on autopilot, people who don't believe that they have to improve their skills because they've been doing the job for for 20 years. Uh, you know, those are the people that are most at risk. It's not that the jobs will go away, but they have to, you know, pick up no skills, learn how to use the technology. And, you know, the trend is, is that uh, it's going to be humans plus 
automation. It's the people that, that learn how to leverage automation are going to be the most valuable. Uh, people who just don't think it's going to happen is going to be scary. And, and I'm, I'm, I think you might have seen this on LinkedIn, both, both you and you. Um, I, I've been pushing it out there every day. <laughs> Uh, about I have a quick survey. It takes about 30 seconds to do. Maybe it doesn't even take that long. It's called "Is Your Job in Jeopardy?" And uh, I'm trying to get uh, quite a few responses. So uh, hopefully, there'll be some people on here. But if you just if you go to my website, it's up there. Success Performance Solutions, or or just do a search for "Is Your Job in Jeopardy?" survey. Uh, and uh, again, it'll take you a real quick time. But it's amazing how many people say um, their job will not be. Uh, automated in five years, nor do they believe that th- they believe that zero part of their job will be automated. Um, I mean, that's scary. Um, you know, and, and again, I don't know what specifically the jobs are, but I don't know anybody's job who's not going to be at least partially, um, you know, changed. Ira, when's the last time I thanked you for for bringing me in to be your co-host here? Because I could talk about this kind of stuff. I feel like forever. I mean, what it really boils down to is that you can't avoid technology. And I think, again, people are maybe viewing these words like change and technology in the same way they view them today, not realizing that they're going to change, you know, using technology anymore. Who doesn't use technology? One of the, the most unbelievably effective manner in which the talent acquisition industry is uh, using technology, and it's just about to dip its toe into the water, is text messaging, right? Oh, yeah. So so right there, for an example, we could say the recruitment industry has changed forever because of using texting software because people use texting more. So any other job could wind up integrating into anyone's mobile device just based off of the communication yeah. element. And, and texting's almost old school. It's going to be video. I mean, video is going to be huge. We're we're just, uh, in fact, I heard this yesterday, and it'll probably be one of my new titles for a presentation. But uh, video, uh, the story's just beginning of, of how that's going to change things. And when you talk about video, that leads into AR and IR and VR. Um, and that's they they said it's been asleep for the last two years. Uh, and uh, a couple of these uh, places, a couple of the people that are, um, you know, super high tech, uh, sure. they're talking that uh, it's it's just going to explode over the next year or so. So where texting was a year or two ago is going to be next year. We'll we'll probably be talking about, uh, you know, IR and VR, which is uh, immersive uh, technology and uh, uh, augmented reality. So, hey, I, we, we sort of teed all this up pretty good. Um, so I want to be able to bring in uh, Hugh. Uh, Hugh's been um, in the business for a while. I'm going to have him share a story. Uh, most people don't get, I, I don't think most people graduate high school, graduate college and say, you know, I'm going to be a recruiter. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll find out how Hugh got into the business and uh, get his, have him join in the conversation. So Hugh, are you still there? I'm still here. Good. Hey, thanks for thanks for listening to us do our banter, getting caught up. Uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, I think uh, it was just uh, well, just maybe a month over a year ago um, that we met, and uh, I think you you were the big winner of my book at that conference, uh, and uh, we got together a few times. So hey, I I, I sort of insinuated. Uh, I, maybe I may be wrong, but uh, hey, when you were a kid uh, growing up, when you're high school, and people said, "What are you going to do when you grow up?" Did you say, "Was a, were you going to be a recruiter?" I, I don't know what I said, but I know I didn't say that. <laughs> 
So, so how did you, uh, you, you got the Gallagher group. I think that's about five years old. Did I see yep, that? Just five years this month. Yep. Hey, and uh, by the way, happy birthday. I saw that you just uh, had a birthday the other day. Yep, Saturday. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, good. Hopefully it was a good one. It was a cold one. I know that. Uh, it hopefully indeed, it was good at least the weather wasn't as bad as they were, were calling for originally. Yeah, no, that's for sure. So how did you get into, um, you know, how did you get into this business? You know, when I, when I graduated from college, it was 1989, which was right before uh, the recession of 1990 hit. And I had taken a job right out of school with a financial services company. Uh, friends of mine out from school had worked with them in different geographic locations. I needed a job. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a business degree, and I was always pretty well-spoken. I said, okay, I'll go into selling this stuff. And the place was a good company, but the local office was under some turmoil at the time. And I ended up working about eight months there and went to work uh, adjusting property and casualty claims for an insurance company. And again, another path I didn't think I was taking. I had worked in that role for about five years. And during that time period, I met some people and a buddy of mine was working as a recruiter. He said, you'd be dynamite at this. He goes, let me see if I can get you in with my boss. And at the time they were coming out of the recession, his boss was a little reluctant to pull the trigger on bringing new people on board. And I ended up hooking up with a, a gentleman uh, down in uh, the Western Main Line, down in Malvern, uh, that was looking for an insurance recruiter. And I'm like, well, I want to get into this world. I've worked in the insurance world. I kind of know what these roles do, or at least a decent amount of them do. We went down, interviewed, hit it off, and uh, you know, we got started there. And 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 that's the and that's been how it's been for the last uh, almost 15 years, I guess. Work. Oh, maybe a little well, longer. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I left. I left there in '98, and uh, as I joke, I uh, I discovered I didn't have to drive 65 miles to sit at a desk, talk on a phone, and stare at a computer. And uh, but it, it was a great, great experience, and it got me a lot of great training and exposure. I mean, I cut my teeth basically recruiting New York, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. And if you don't get your skills up to speed, you get swallowed up in those markets. And and so over that time, I mean, what would you say is the from the time you got started to now, if somebody was getting, you know, and now entering the business, what are, what's the biggest change you've seen? Uh, oh my God, I, I mean, it, at, at the risk of sounding absurd here, when we started, I mean, there really wasn't any internet, you know. So people that are working in this now, and you talk about all these te technological advances, there was no internet. I mean, we basically worked. I mean, we had computers, but. They were loosely connected. No one really had email. Everything came yeah, you, you got the old, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything came in via fax machine on those curly fax papers <laughs> or, or via physical mail, U.S. Postal Service mail. I learned this business from people that were working before they moved to, to Malvern. They were in downtown Philadelphia. They would interview a candidate and physically take a resume across town to a candidate's office to beat their competitors or to a client's office to beat their competitors there because this is a, you know, a speed game as well as a quality game. So yeah, the advancement was huge. When, when I started working for a company in 2000, I uh, hear locally in the Valley at uh, Cambridge search, we had an unbelievable run there. We were so excited. We bought our first fax machine. Every time that rang, we, you know, the sound of money cart started playing in our ears. And again, you, you say that to someone starting in this now, like, what's a fax machine? It just, it's come so far so fast that, you know, it's really immeasurable. And I think that's where you're going with all of these positions is that whether you realize it or not, technology is going to curve the way you do what you do. 
It's somewhat disruptive, right, Ira? Oh, absolutely. So you you work you work with a lot of different organizations, Hugh. Um, you know, and and when we were talking, I mean, you had some stories to share. Um, I, I guess one of the things that goes through my mind, and I hear this a lot, um, I think sometimes companies um, call you, call you or people like yourself, executive recruiters, third party recruiters. Doesn't have to be an executive position, but third party recruiters. When they, ha- but they, w- when they're desperate, um, and they may, and then you know they outsource it, then they they decide, hey, I think we're going to bring it in house. So, what's the advantage of of a of a, an organization going, you know, calling you versus um, bring, you know, relying on their internal team? I, I'm not sure if that's the best way to say that, but that's no, you know. no. I, I think I understand what you're saying. You know. With- most organizations have some form of an, an internal recruiting function. It may be an individual. It may be a team of indiv- uh, a team of folks. It may be part of one individual's role. But they have some sort of internal recruiting function. That said, depending on the organization, they only recruit when they have openings. So they're in touch with the market whenever they have an opening. They're in touch with the market on the roles they're trying to fill whenever they have an opening. So even if you're recruiting pretty regularly in sales, your internal recruiter, if they recruit an IT person every four or five years, they're not going to really have their finger on the pulse of where to go, who to source for those types of roles when those openings come up in-house. And I think because we do this all day, every day, and we do it across a broad spectrum, it gives us a, a, a little bit of an advantage for sure as far as where to turn when these openings arise. Big advantage. Time, right? Absolutely. I mean, you can, at the end of the day, Keith, our, our job, the big moving parts are pretty simple. But this is a very nuanced world, and you can start everything from scratch if you need to, but what's the cost of these positions not being filled? I, I mean, do the math on that. 100%. How long do you have to fill this? How much? How much pain is this inflicting on your organization by not filling these roles in a timely manner? Here in the Lehigh Valley, I was, uh, Hugh, um, which, by the way, little sidebar here, Hugh, you and I met at um, yes, Bank 7. Yep, absolutely. And I, uh, I met Hugh at a Bank 7 event, and ironically and or entertainingly enough, Bank 7 was the uh, is the organization that I, I'm a part of. Yeah, yeah you had your uh, webinar last night, webinar didn't you? Last night on. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, we'll kind have of to, we'll that have all to follow, follow up on that as well. Yeah, we haven't had enough time. Yeah. Um, Hugh, I, Hugh, I have a note to view that as well. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I think I did a good job. We'll see. Um, but the, the, the point of it is, is that you know the advantage I see with recruiting. Uh, oh, no, that what I, what I was getting at was Locally here in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania region, it's very diverse in terms of supply chain, uh, manufacturing, education, healthcare. There's a fantastic amount of, of multiple industries that are here. And one of the manufacturers, I'm going to keep their name out of here because I don't know if this is a positive or negative, but they had mentioned that if they can't find a position to fill on the floor in 90 days, it legitimately backs up the entire supply chain of getting their market to their clients, to their customers. So think about that for a second. Healthy, energetic, industrial, and education-based region is still having their 
overall supply chain being impacted by not being able to hire someone on the floor in 90 days. So you have to have an out. You have to have somebody who can help you do that. And I think that's really where the sweet spot for for companies like the Gallagher Group, Hugh, come into play. No, absolutely, Keith. And, and, and where we are, there is such a battle for talent. I'm not even talking skilled talent. I'm just talking people, frankly, that can come in and show up every day, pass a drug screen, do what you're expected to do as part of your daily, you know, quote unquote work that there are companies we, we met with an, uh, a gentleman who was in town from Ohio. They have a local um, production facility here and he was really struggling to find people at the rate that they were looking to pay for their folks to the point where they were looking at possibly moving this facility to where somewhere where they might be more competitive. And that's both good news and bad news. You know, that that's, that's great to hear, but terrible to hear because you don't want to hear business is moving, but it's great that the, the environment's so competitive and that the hiring is so robust that, that this might force someone's hand into making such a, a big, bold move like that. Yeah, well, I guess it's, it's, it's still going to be a plus or minus knowing that that FedEx facility is going to be getting up and running soon, right? So I know, Oh, absolutely. I think that the region in general is going to wind up uh, needing more people still. No, no question. I mean, they can't build. We're, we're on base out in Upper Mekunji. They can't build houses fast enough out here. Right. The, the only thing they're building faster than houses is warehouses. <laughs> it's true. And they've been doing that since I got here in the early 2000s. And, and yep. the downstream, I mean, the, the out, I, downstream or outstream from that, you know, with Amazon, um, you know, opening the new corporate center in, in New York, obviously, you know, 50,000 jobs in the, in, in the Manhattan area, in New York City area, is a drop in the bucket. Um, but there will be, you know, there'll, there'll probably be people moving there, but in, in exchange, there'll probably be people living here and commuting because the cost of uh, living in Brooklyn uh, to be able to, uh, you know, work at Amazon is not going to be, uh, you know, it, obviously they can live across the city, but the, that out, you know, that, that kind of migration uh, will have a, another effect here. And then if you get more people here, then you need more more people working for them. So. Good, good cycle to be in, but it's it'll be interesting. Hey, you, one of the things that you mentioned, and I and I, I shared this um, before our call with uh, Keith, uh, and it was interesting because it came from another white, it came from a white paper from another company, but it was Jobvite statistics that they were sharing. Um, they talked about statistics. Is an exact statement. Statistically, every passive candidate that your team recruits is worth more than eighteen active candidates applying through a job board. Which, which goes back to what you were just saying. Um, if, if a company hasn't recruited for IT in four or five years or an engineer or another position, I mean, you know, high turnover positions in production or warehouse or nursing or, or whatever are a little bit different. But if you if you had a pretty stable workforce, and I think this is a, um, you know, something that companies hang their hat on, that they haven't had a lot of turnover. Um, occasionally they had, uh, you know, one or two positions open. So their internal staff could take care of that. Now, all of a sudden, they've got people retiring, they got people moving, uh, they're growing, and they're used to posting a job up on Indeed or Career Builder or Monster. 
and um, you know they get overwhelmed with with applications. But the the success rate, the you know, although fifty percent of of all applications come from a job post, um, only twenty percent of of all positions are filled from that. Because most of it's done through through sourcing, which is, I believe, what you're talking about. Oh, it's exactly what I'm speaking about. It, it's that that's really where I, I had this dialogue this morning with a gentleman. It was an attorney called in. He needs a, basically a junior level attorney to come work with him. And he asked what our fees were, and I told him. He said that seems like a lot. And I said, well, listen, these people aren't. This isn't retail. You're not going to a store, picking them up, and walking out with them. With where unemployment is right now. We have to find someone that does what you need him to do for what you will pay him to do it from some other company and see if he'll make a move or she'll make a move to come join your team. That's what we get paid for. If it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. So yes, you need to be able to source. You need to be able to woo. You need to be able to attract and engage these folks to move from company A to company B. That's where, that's where the value of passive candidates are. Your passive candidates end up typically being your longer-term employees, your more successful employees. These are folks that are happily employed, doing their job, not actively looking, and, and now you present them with an opportunity, and they say, hmm, tell me more. I might be interested in that, something along those lines, those types of buying signals. And, 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 you, and you continue the dialogue. So you, you've mentioned uh, a couple different industries, and it's, I, I didn't realize you were even working with some professionals. So when we come back, we're going to take a quick break just in a, in a minute or so. Uh, but when we come back, I want to be able to uh, talk to you about which organizations you see um, as being, you know, I, I guess where are your clients come from and which ones that seem to be calling. Because at one point, you, you certainly, uh, I'm not sure an attorney or a law firm would ever uh, use a, you know, think of using an outside recruiter, you know, for that. It was usually through networking or through their society or the bar association. Uh, so things are changing in that regard. And then uh, since we, we, we had as our guest Kevin Grossman two weeks ago from the talent board, and, you know, they're, they, they ask three quick, three key questions all the time. One is, what do candidates want and expect from employers? And what are employers, and the second is, what are employers doing to help meet the candidate needs? And what can they do better? So I, I want to get your opinion on on what you feel organizations can be doing better uh, to be able to uh, attract the people that you're helping them find. Um, we're talking with Hugh Gallagher from the Gallagher Group. We're talking about, um, we're talking about a lot of things about recruitment, state of recruitment, um, the state of the, the economy, um, why you would use a third-party recruiter when you have an internal team going. So um, we, we've been having a great conversation, and we will be back in just about two minutes. You're listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, co-host Keith Compagna, and our guest is Hugh Gallagher. Stay right where you are. We'll be back in two minutes. And everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real Yellow Pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. 
Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real yellow pages, yp.com, and yp.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Hey, welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, with my co-host, Keith Compagna. And our special guest today is Hugh Gallagher from the Gallagher Group. Hey, Hugh, when we left off, uh, we were talking, uh, or I said we were going to talk about the companies, the organizations that seem to be struggling the most. Um, you seem to be getting calls from, um, you know, I, I guess, types of businesses that just a few years ago would never think about hiring an outside recruiter other than maybe for a top position. But you had mentioned that there's a, you got a call earlier, I don't know if it was this morning or just recently, you know, for even a junior attorney. Um, so what, I mean, you're, you're getting calls from people. What, what type of businesses, um, you know, what, what's their issue? Why, why are they calling you? I mean, in, in, in short, it's because, most people that are any good that want work are working. So you need to find someone that's going to be able to attract passive candidates for you. And I think, you know, the, the, the run an ad, post a job, whatever you want to call it, the old, old school was newspaper, modern day it's any variety of job boards. It, it's certainly still effective and it works for a large uh, majority of positions. But the more skilled you get, those people aren't responding to ads or they may not be actively looking at ads. Even if there would be an ad there that might catch their eye, they may not be looking. So you need someone that's going to go out into the world and grab these people and say, Hey, you ever think about this? Would something like this be interesting to you? Do you know someone I should be speaking with that might benefit from hearing about an opportunity like that? Those types of engagement questions I think is where we really bring some value to organizations and why folks reach out to us from, from a business standpoint. I mean, we're, we're doing work across the spectrum, the financial services firms. We've got some, uh, we're working on some stuff up in uh, New York city right now, large commercial con- uh, construction companies. And, and again, at the management levels, these are six figure jobs, but they're still construction jobs. Um, locally, we have 
stuff in the insurance uh, field. We've done a ton of stuff in healthcare. I've done probably more sales positions over my career than anything else. So, I mean, it's been a huge cross-section, accounting, IT, purchasing, manufacturing, management. I mean, these are the areas where talent's not really walking the street. You have to go get it and see if you can move it from A to B. And I think to the point you were making earlier, Ira, and I'll land the plane here quickly, but to the point you were making earlier, companies have to do something that once we put these candidates in front of them, they're now treating them like a customer. They're now engaging them better and, and uh, more effectively than they ever had previously. Hugh, let me ask you, let's go with that, because that's what I was going to ask you about prior to the break. What is it that you're seeing the employers offering in terms of employment opportunities? You know, I'm sure that you've seen it uh, where uh, HVAC companies, I've seen you know, billboards with five, maybe $7,000 signing bonuses. How do you see the way that employer groups have changed the manner in which they're approaching this, you know, uh, overutilized uh, talent marketplace? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, they're trying to hit it from any angle they can keep. There's certainly a whole lot of organizations for all sorts of different uh, types of positions are doing sign-on bonuses for sure. Uh, some are trying to offer as many perks. I mean, again, uh, with, with the title here, uh, having Googleization as a part of it, I don't want to use Google as an example. We don't see that here in Lehigh Valley. But, but the perks that are afforded to folks, flex time, uh, flexible time off, um, uh, it, it, extra benefits. Benefits have gotten so expensive. Healthcare has gotten so expensive that there needs to be trade-offs for things. I, I, I was doing work with a, a client of mine uh, about a year and a half ago, and I, I was doing an internal interview with one of their, uh, one of their staff members. I said, what do you like best about working here? And he said, the time off I get. And I was kind of blown away by that. It was like the, the thing you like the best is the time you're not here. And, and as silly <laughs> as that sounds, it's why he kept coming back, because he wasn't there for the money. And yes, the job was fulfilling to him, but they give a little more attractive time off package. E each organization I'm finding has to find something compelling about them to sell. And I think they're doing a generally better job at it overall, but in the same token, it's probably easier for me to point out now who's doing what poorly rather than who's doing what well, because this is evolving as you suggested. Keith. It really is. And, and, and uh, the reason why I asked the question is because I have a deep down curiosity because from my position, I, you know, for, and, and I'll say that that has everything to do with what I'm doing with Jobvite. Right now, there's the supply and demand issue in terms of more jobs and fewer and less employees to fill those jobs across the board. So in order to start like down the road, I sincerely believe that be, due to that gap, companies are going to start having to get what we would consider by today's standards well outside of the box. Uh, I know in healthcare, you know, there's this concept of, you know, I could, you know, self-scheduling, uh, and it's progressive. But at some point, some very capable nurse or some very capable, uh, you know, uh, professional who's maybe not tied to a, a surgery schedule, will be able to say, I'm going to work these hours, 
and based off of my agreement, I'm required to work these many hours at this time. Like it just seems like that's an example of what could happen in one industry, whereas every other industry is going to have to come up with ideas to attract talent because there's not going to be any other way. No question. We're, I, we're there now in, in certain sectors of healthcare. We have, a, we have a personal friend of ours that's a nurse anesthetist, and she basically tells the people she works with, I'm available these hours. She'll schedule herself for the week, and she has, you know, she works on surgery, so I'll be here for this one, this one, this one, and I won't be here this day, but this day you can book me this hour to this hour. So, yeah, they're, they're getting really creative. I mean, I think, I think the one thing I ask as part of what we do when we start engaging a client, a new company with a search, is why is someone, why is our passive candidate, why is someone that's happily and gainfully employed elsewhere going to leave that job and come work for you. And they better have a pretty compelling answer. I don't care what it is, but I want to know, how are you selling you? How are you presenting this opportunity to someone coming in the door? Because if it sounds choppy to me, it's really not going to sound good to someone else. Right, right. And entertainingly enough for, for me, last night, that webinar that I did, uh, part of it towards the end really did have everything to do with the fact that the other side of that equation is the employee. And they have a substantial opportunity, at least in my humble opinion, they have a substantial opportunity to ask for more, right? You almost want to, I could see from someone in your position, you don't necessarily want to get your, your client to have to pay more. But uh, mo I, I would suggest that 99 out of 100 times, if the company would agree that the individual is worth it, that they will put in the extra effort, the extra perk, the extra bonus. And, and, and part of my webinar was to address that on the employee individual side because there's such an opportunity here for you to go after the job that you want and find the company that you want to work for. It's crazy out there anymore. So, so oh, no you, question. The, 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 go ahead. I'm go ahead. No, you go ahead, you. I, I was just going to say the pendulum has absolutely shifted greatly in the last five years from it being an employer-driven market to an employee-driven market. I, I no question about that. So, so one of the things, and we, we got about five minutes here um, to kind of wrap up uh, where things are going. It, it, as I told you in the beginning, it goes pretty fast. Um, if I, I think one of the best ways for a company to understand why they might use a, a recruiter like you, a third-party recruiter, uh, is that it takes a lot of work. So if, if you, when you get that call from uh, the construction company, you're going to call from the law firm, uh, and they're looking for somebody, what are, the, I mean, what are the steps you go through to research that position, to source that position? Um, I mean, can you, can you give us a couple bullet points? They're going to be quick bullets, but sure. I mean, really, the, the first thing we have to understand is what are you looking for? What, what is going to work? What, when you look at a candidate, every, everyone has a job description. Most organizations over maybe 20 employees, job descriptions are written in what I refer to as HR speak, which really doesn't play well with the general public, but at least it, it gives all the bullets of what they need. But I will ask them, you know, can you do, walk me through here and break, let's break down what are the must-haves and what are the nice-to-haves? Because sometimes you look at a laundry list of, quote unquote, require, requirements on a piece of paper. Now you have to separate what's important and what's mandatory. And that, that's huge. I like to know culturally, what are we looking at? Who's going to fit here? Who has worked? What kind of background? What type of personality? 
What type of management style do you have? What type of candidate has worked well for you? Are there companies that you've worked, that you've hired from previously that have been a good experience or a bad experience? You know, what, what has been your experience in this space so that I know, I, and I'm not fighting City Hall. I have, I have a certain client of mine that works in the environmental space, and they've told me we've hired three or four people from XYZ company. They just, for whatever reason, don't work out with us. Well, I'm not going to chase those people down, even though on paper they may be good fits. The, my client's experience has been this doesn't work out for us in the end, and we're not going to invest in this. So if, if you're working in it, so let's say you've done that work. This is a new client, uh, you know, maybe an industry you're, you're not doing a ton of work in. You don't have a, you know, for those who understand what a Rolodex is, a Rolodex is or, or you don't have a big database, you know, of uh, lawyers or construction people. Um, so, you know, in the past, uh, people just got on the phone and started calling people. Um, you know, we, we talked about a couple technologies today, you know, text, video, email, phone call. Are you finding, I mean, so a lot of it's just a lot of legwork. I mean, it's just time. Uh, you're reaching out. You're, you're trying to identify those people, calling them. If they're not interested, do they know somebody who is? Um, I mean, have you found, are, you know, what have you found to be most successful? Uh, is it an email? Is it a phone call? Is it a text? I, I think this is always going to be a phone job, but people have, you know, gotten savvy and they hide behind their phones. They hide behind email. So you do have to be, somewhat sophisticated with how you approach them. We've in the last two years texted far more people than I ever had or ever thought I would be. I, I, I you know, I think we, we've kind of jumped past the, you know, it's inappropriate to text someone. Now, if someone says it's okay, if, if my buddy Steve referred uh, someone to me, I say, Hey, this is Hugh. Steve said, it's okay to reach out. Do you want to pick your brain about XYZ opportunity? Can you give me a call? Here's my number. You know, I'm not saying it greatly increases the odds, but it's another opportunity to touch them that as technology evolves and people's ability to avoid the technology evolves, you need to continue to work on ways where you're going to be able to connect and engage these, these individuals. You're just curious because I'm, I'm doing a presentation. Uh, uh, I think I, I might've shared it on last week's show or two weeks ago uh, at the uh, Sherm talent conference in nashville uh it's kind of a ted talk um and the, the topics on video so are you are you guys doing it are, are you using video at all uh, we're not our clients do occasionally but but again i think that's going to that's going to increase over time i, I think where it's going to sit it, where i think it's going to grab more traction is going to be perhaps the initial what's now an initial phone screen maybe with, with someone in HR recruiting from an internal team, that may be more of a video call. Okay. Again, people like to see, do, do they look the part? Do they act the part? Right. What, what, what are their nonverbal cues looking like? And, and you can absolutely tell more seeing someone you're speaking with than not seeing someone you're speaking with. So it's evolving. So in a real quick time, maybe uh, 60 seconds or so, what can an employer do to help you, um, um, I, I guess, you know, attract that client? So if they're going to reach out to you, what should they be doing to get ready for that? Have what they're looking for clearly defined. Uh, sometimes, and, and you don't want to use the term tire kicking, but sometimes they know they need someone, but they're not exactly sure where they see this role going, or they're, they're used to the roles of five, six years ago where you would hire someone 
and everyone was doing maybe a job and a half, a job and two thirds. Now that they're down to just doing one person's job again, how are we defining that? What are you looking for and what must you have to, to succeed in this? I think is really, really clear. And they've got to act quickly once people are presented to them because time kills deals. And especially in this environment right now, if you don't turn over on, it, on, on an interesting candidate quickly, you're going to lose them to someone else. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't bring that up earlier because time and time again, you hear, you know, the frustration from recruiters, uh, staffing companies, and even internally from HR um, that, uh, you know, hiring people want those positions filled quickly, but then they tend to, uh, you know, somebody's on vacation, they got FMLA, they're busy, they got a production schedule, and the, the good talent's just not waiting for sure. Absolutely. So, so I got one quick question for you. Um, if you know, hopefully we can have you back. This conversation can go on forever, so hopefully we'll just bring you back another time. Um, That'd be great. Next year, we're doing the same thing, same time, same place. Uh, what do you What do you think we're going to be talking about? What's the one headline or what's the one trend that you think is going to be different now than than it is now? I, I think I don't know how much different. I think it may be a continuation of where we're at. Is that you know, we're looking at a real tightening in the labor market. You're, you know, when the recession hit 10 years ago, a lot of baby boomers put their, put their retirements off, and that could only be done for so long. And what we're finding is, yes, technology and, and increased efficiency is taking the place of some folks. But we're looking at labor shortages for, as far as the eye can see, unless something tragically and unpredictably goes wrong, it's going to get tighter and tighter. So the skills that recruiters are going to need – and, and the perks and the things that companies are using to attract talent are all going to have to sharpen and increase over the next year. Fantastic, Hugh. Thank that, you. That kind of wraps – yeah, that's going to uh, take us uh, pretty close to the end here. I want to thank well, – you've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We've been talking with Hugh Gallagher from the Gallagher Group. Uh, Hugh, how can anyone get hold of you if they want to chat with you, retain you, ask you a question? What's the best way? Uh, our office line is 610 610- Two nine five five one seven one, and you can reach me at Hugh H U G H at Gallagher Group dot us. Dot us. That's important. Dot dot com. Dot us. So, absolutely. And I know you're on LinkedIn and you're on Twitter, so people can reach out and in multiple Absolutely. ways there so hey well i want to thank you again and i uh, really appreciate it the time went really fast it was a great conversation i know you and i uh will be uh will be connecting in the next uh well pretty soon we're talking about doing a, a couple program a program together and and hopefully looking at some other collaborations so thanks very much appreciate your time you. thank you i really appreciate it guys good, good. talking to you again hugh so thank keith you. we're yeah so keith we're kind of at the end of the show again um you know, went super fast. Great guest. Uh, next week, we've got Karen Young. Uh, Karen's the CEO of HR Resolutions. Uh, we sort of tipped on that today as, as far as uh, uh, her, her topic is going to be job descriptions. Uh, and, um, you, you know, I've talked about that before. You can't copy and paste the job description and post it up on a job board and expect to get anybody to apply. So there's a lot of other, uh, there's a lot of things that we're going to be talking to uh, Karen and, and picking her brain a little bit about that. She's written a, a book. I think she's on the road to writing a second book, you know, as well. So she'll be joining us next week. 
Um, just a reminder, if you go up to the uh, my website, uh, I've got the Google My Business ebook free download. Uh, it's an opportunity a lot of people are missing. And I just found out that Google, Google's actually using Google My Business, the knowledge graph. That's that uh, information about your website uh, in, uh, in, in rankings for Google for Jobs. Um, so it's getting... It's getting complicated, so we have that. I know we've got the uh, 2018 JobVite uh, recruiting benchmark report, and yep. um, we need to update that one, I guess, with the, uh, what was the one, the most recent one? Recruiter Nation. Recruiter Nation, yeah, so yep. we gotta got to get that one up as well. Um, remember, everyone, uh, we rebroadcast this on iHeartRadio. You can download the podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes now. Uh, we're on a can number of- Spotify yet? Uh, I don't believe it's on there. We got to check with D. Uh, I know that uh, it takes some time to get all those listed, but we're we're hoping to be on uh, almost thirty five different ones, um, and that's uh, that's the goal for twenty nineteen. So, any final words, Keith? Well, uh, to to once uh, real quick, I you know I love the conversation with you and and folks. If you're if you're paying attention and listening to us routinely. I'm getting a lot of great experiences both in the trenches of the recruiting world and which ultimately ties into the future of work as well as some of the other guests that we've had that have been just simply fantastic in their theoretical long views in terms of the way things are, are, are working out. And just to go back to something you said in, in terms of unless something unfortunate happens to the economy, that's already starting to come into play. Not that something unfortunate is going to happen, but – People are saying that even if, even if something came into the economy and it harmed us, we'd still have a very tight labor market. So we'll talk more. Yeah, absolutely, week. absolutely. I'm getting the uh, signal here that we're uh, we're time to go. We're, we're sec- Yeah, we're probably past the out of time. So I want to thank everybody again. I want to thank you, Gallagher, for being our guest today. I want to thank everybody who's listening on here or our podcast. Uh, please let us know how we're doing. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor or just sharing a few thoughts, uh, make sure you call in or connect with Keith or me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, you can get to our show at the it's the GGG show.live um, we're on w4cy.com you can also get to us that way uh, don't forget to uh, download the apps the podcast and listen to us and share the uh, share share the show with uh, your friends neighbors colleagues co-workers until next Wednesday 1 p.m. this is Ira Wolf Keith Compagna from the Ke- the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show don't let the shift hit your plans <laughs>